Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Shop Talk Show. This week we have two amazing sponsors of the longtime sponsor, Environments for Humans, who are promoting the CSS Summit, their fifth annual online summit all about CSS. Go to cssummit.com uh, and Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com slash shop talk, a very advanced website for making other websites uh, in, in the most beautiful possible way. Use coupon code SHOPTALK4 when you check out with Squarespace. But for now, let's kick things off. I was learning that little Hello. lick on the banjo. Oh, were you? You were Just playing along? No. Dang. I could though. Well, now we should we should do an acapella slash acoustic version of the theme song. <laughs> Hello and welcome. You're listening to episode seventy. Can you believe it? We are that old of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave Rupert. With me is Chris Coyer. Hi everybody. And with us this week, Hampton Catlin. Hi, Hampton. Thanks for uh- joining us. Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, in Hampton, uh, inventor of ham, I believe. Yeah, that's, that's what, what Twitter is saying. Out. Yeah, so it what is. Did I, how did that, how did that, how did I never put those together? Now that I'm looking at the show notes, the first three letters of your name and Hamill are the same. Is that there's no connection though? Is there? Or is there? <laughs> Not really. I, I get that question a lot. Actually, they're like, "Oh, Hampton language." Um, Sorry. No, actually, if anything, the the first time I gave a talk on it, it was Mark Hamill. Um, so it was like the first big slide was a big, giant, very handsome picture of Mark Hamill from the seventies. Um, Pre or post face scar? Oh, Let's it was like down to brass tacks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a the Star Wars like era, like early the poster. The, the yeah, he's got the hair and he's looking all handsome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that was also the talk that it was the first talk I ever gave at a conference. And, uh, I'd just been building this thing on my own. This like crazy weird idea that actually my coworkers hated. Uh, and <laughs> not that anybody ever still hates Hamill. Um, and they, but they just thought I was going to embarrass myself and it was the worst idea. So I go to London to give this talk. And so there I am. I think I was like 23 or something. I was so nervous. And, uh, <laughs> in walks DHH and he sits right down at the, like, there's like an aisle in the middle. And he just sits down and he's staring at me the whole time. And, like, my anxiety like skyrocketed because I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no, he's here, he's here. Oh this no, this is you Don't presenting the idea of Hamill for the first time ever. Yeah, the first time where I was just like, hey, here it is. There's a gym available. Um, it was a long time ago. I think it was eight years now. What happened? Did he say, oh, cool idea or anything, or did he just you just never heard from him again? I don't remember. What was the I, aftermath? Yeah, that's okay. I, I mean, I'm he's sure. still not a fan. I mean, eventually so. it's in. Oh, is that right? It's not one of those baked into Rails things? No, no, it's not. You have to add it. Um, there were, oh. I think they were considering it for a while, but um, I don't know. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't really hurt my feelings. Like, that's actually, yeah. so, I mean, you guys probably know, or, like, Hamble's one of those things that you either, like, love it or you just hate it. And uh, <laughs> I think every conference I go to, I have at least three people come up to me who want to share their deep opinions with Camel with me. You're like, they're <laughs> like, hey, which one are you, love or hate? Mm, flip a coin. It's, it's usually hate. Yeah. People who love it don't come up to you. Like, I just want you to know, I'm not, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I really don't like Hamill. And I'm like, and I really don't care. Let's talk about something yeah. else. It sounds yeah. like me meeting Kenny Chesney. <laughs> I hate your music. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Uh that's so fun. That, I mean, yeah, it's just like people walk up to you and be like, "I think it's ridiculous how efficient you've made HTML." Uh. Yeah. Well, yeah, worst. I mean, if nobody's ever heard of it, Hamel is a HTML preprocessor. Yeah. I mean, is that it's just in that camp, possibly one of the yeah, the first preprocessors. I think so. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and th- so the reason why people, for people out there who don't know it, it's white space sensitive and, uh, it kind of, it's like a super stripped down HTML. Um, and, uh, people like when people hate it, 
they usually think that it's that way for efficiency, just for like keystrokes as if, I don't know, I'm like just really obsessed with how many letters I type. Um, <laughs> I am not, I don't use Vim. I don't have shortcuts. I don't even have like a good bash RC setup. Uh, like I, I'm the guy who just types it out. Uh, and it's actually what usually people I can calm them down when I explain like, like it was really influenced by the semantic web stuff. So like classes look like CSS classes. So you just do like dot hello and it'll make a div with the class hello. Um, so the original idea wasn't like to be stripped down. It was just to be structural and semantic and clear. Um, I also hated that my coworkers at the time would make HTML that was really not semantic. Oh, I'll just throw in a div here or a span or whatever, not put anything on it. And then our poor designers would just like start crying to themselves and have to come beg for help. So, you know, it was to kind of force them. And that's why they hated it too. Cause I was like, nope, now you got to think about the HTML. You're right. Take that. <laughs> it doesn't it kind of look like rails too with the little arrows and such. I don't know. Like when yeah, you I mean, it's like Ruby based. Yeah, it's Ruby based. Um, it's actually more yeah, like ho- YAML was kind of a big influence on it, which is part of why it's YAML, but HTML, mm-hmm. YAML. There you go. What was <laughs> the name? And you barely work on it anymore, right? It was something that you invented and it exists and other people kind of take care of it today. And, and, and I'm Yeah, sure Norman you know, Clark does it now. Um, yeah. So sure. he's, he's kind of And it's the same over. story actually, with no- SAS, right? You were the, you're the inventor. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, it, it is generally my pattern to start things and have much smarter, much more organized people uh, come in and like actually flesh it out. Um, yeah, I, I am a pretty terrible maintainer. Actually, for uh, the last while, uh, it's, it's kind of stopped now, but for about four years there, my kind of side project was Mini Magic, which is this uh, kind of dated library that was existed in Rails. And like, I, the things that I kind of made had gone off to just, they're so complicated. Now getting to the SAS parser, I'm not a parser guy. I, I can barely read through what's happening in there. Um, I'm so glad that Chris and Nathan are there to, uh, to shepherd it. But you know, for me, I was like, I need a library. So I took this like really simple library and just like made sure all the patches were in. I felt like it was me like doing penance or something to like help out the universe instead of just abandoning projects. So, um, Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm a, like, I, I do think I'm a good programmer. I'm just, I'm not the obsessively organized and obsessively kind of driven person to just, you know, to maintain an open source project requires just a lot of ongoing, just continued support and passion and doing the stuff that isn't glamorous and just, you know, taking care of it day by day. If patch comes in, you need to respond. People have a question, you need to take care of that, you know, and uh, definitely my life. That's quite not the variety the of, uh, of, of, of. Of, of an, uh, uh, your, if you took your average GitHub issue, it could be this like brilliant issue where somebody like really finds a, a problem and makes a case and figures it out and has an open mind to what your answer is going to be. And then <laughs> there's just the like, it it don't work. Don't work. Wait, wait, who, where have you seen an issue filed like this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want those people committing. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, definitely like the, yeah, it's, there's a lot of somebody kind of didn't really phrase what they're talking about, or they kind of aren't understanding the project. And it does require, you really have to sit down and think and write a rational, nice, you know, paragraph explaining why it works that way. You know, older projects, you'll see people just respond with no a lot. Um, and if you already have a bunch of contributors, (laughs) you're allowed to do that, um, but definitely, like, usually when I'm involved in a project, which is early on, I'm trying to get people to help, you know? Uh, like, I know that if anything I make is going to survive, I need to find somebody way smarter than me who's much better programmer than me to help. Because um, that's just, you know, I don't know, whatever. Um, You're an ideas man. You're I know, I hate saying man. that. Oh, every time I say <laughs> that, I want to punch myself. I do think saying but, that, and I'm like, oh, I come up with the ideas, but... Oh my gosh. But let's get real. Like Hamel, good idea. It's got some traction. It's really, really useful. SAS, I mean, dude, people are making a living off of this now. That's mm. you know that it's those are two good ideas. And I totally agree with you. It's that maintaining is the hardest part about any open source library. 
Is your they own equated. your own like I your own like passion to even want to screw with it anymore lowers. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it, yes. right? Like, like oh, I, I think yeah. FitFids is a great project, and it's great. I mean, I spend some time on it once in a while here, but my like desire to work on open tickets for FitVids on any given night is like pretty low, mm-hmm. <laughs> fairly low. Well, that's somewhere. that's why I did that like binge weekend where like yeah. my wife was out of town and I closed like seventy <laughs> issues with like whiskey. <laughs> Yeah, and like but, that, you know, that will happen next year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> at the great triage, uh, yeah. right? Um, but that's cool. So, how I mean, do you spend a lot of time then maintaining or or doing open source, or are you more in your day job, Hampton? Or and <laughs> what is that day job? Yeah, uh, I'm guessing it to the. Day job. I mean, so the open source stuff, like after I kind of like stopped focusing on SAS and Hamel. Uh, that's when I was doing the Wikipedia mobile stuff, which uh, was, I don't know when I started that, 2009, something like that. Pretty early. So literally, um, if you go to the mobile version of the Wikipedia site, it has a version that is for phones. And you were a part of that, at least a, a major part of that for a long time. Well, so right? for the, fir- not did the well, first thing. three years, all of it was, it was just me. <laughs> was, uh, three years. Kind of re- three years, Jeez. yeah. It was three years I worked for the Wikipedia wow. Foundation doing that. Um and uh, it was pretty all-encompassing. I, I, I feel really bad because during the years that it was kind of my baby, um, since it was just me, and a lot of people at the foundation thought, eh, wait, it's, like good at, you're, it's only good for reading articles. Like, this isn't in PHP. Like, I don't know this guy. Do we really want to support it? Um, so I was basically, for, <laughs> definitely for the first year and a half, without any operational support, uh, scaling it to match with the growth of iPhone and Android device usage. Um, so it's kind of bad because, like, the first design of it, basically it stayed looking the same for three years. Um, and mm. that's because I all my time was taken up just, like, I mean, stuff that, like, nobody cares about, like a good logging infrastructure or, you know, ensuring our load balancing algorithm's good or hunting down why one request was hanging. Um, and that's mm. the kind of stuff that I was doing in the background because, I mean, I think when I left, we were just over a billion a month uh, page views, and that was kind of like me working remotely. And so, you know, and so I kind of feel I'm glad they now have a team there. It looks so much better now. I'm so happy that they got a team in who are really good designers, and it's like really looking fantastic. Um, And I apologize to the entire universe that it looked the way that it did for three years. in fact, there was a hidden, I don't know if you guys did notice, but they had the, I had those little folding things. You press the button, show hide. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a, a line below the title. And it, yep. <laughs> like, there was just this black line kind of separating the sections. And it was off. Like, it wasn't right. It just kind of, like, t- it was too close to the button. Like, it was a little off balance. It was just kind of funny. And, uh, some of the charm that, sometimes when you go to a site like that, though, it just looks kind of like a developer-y decision, and that's okay. The, the content's <laughs> yeah. still under there. Well, why I did it, though, is I was hoping it would annoy, like, because there's like a billion people looking at this stupid line, you know, or not people, but pages, whatever, yeah. um, every month. And I thought just one person who was really good would just be like, hey, let me put in a patch. I just have to change three lines of CSS, and then I'd have my, I'd have captured myself a design contributor. Um, and, uh, nope. You put it there as a honeypot for a designer. I did put it as a honeypot. Absolutely. And I thought, I even, yeah, I even thought somebody at the Wikimedia Foundation was going to email me and be like, uh, Hampton, the design is clearly terrible right now. Please fix. And they never did. So yeah, it was my honeypot and it didn't work. So thanks design community. Darn it. That's, but that's an awesome trick. Like, it so did it's work. It's not pot. an awesome so trick. So now we can't say that it is an awesome trick. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess. I just love it. It just make it just so, like, tediously. Well, easy to fix. It's a quick, like. Easy to fix. Yeah. And a designer will flip out about it. Yeah, a little little <laughs> padding would have just fixed the whole thing up. And I knew that. I was like, I could add that one line. <laughs> um, That's yeah. awesome. That's kind of a long troll in a way. It is pretty trolling good. the entire internet and everyone with a phone, basically <laughs> billions of billions of people had a subpar experience because I thought I could There's maybe get a designer some OCD attention. designers that now like may kill you in your sleep. 
<laughs> you know, they're like, the know- that you this. knowingly did something. It's such an iconic thing. I like yeah. to, uh, I like to, uh, put like webkit transform rotate one degree. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just rotate rotate the awesome. whole page one degree. Just, just doesn't look crazy. Um, yeah, so that so, kind of moved into uh, Move Web, right? Because that's yeah, a, yeah. It's, so, it's mobilizing so, websites kind of platform. Yeah, since I left uh, Wikimedia uh, to, for two years now, I basically so my main way that both like Hamel SAS, Wikipedia Mobile, and Move Web, my main philosophy is if I think of something and then I imagine it must exist, then it, and I can find out it doesn't. I think that's a great idea. Like I go with it. I build it. I start like that's, that's the test for me. Um, so like SAS, like, you know, it's first features were like some kind of light variables and some nesting, you know, just kind of stuff that I thought should be in CSS anyway, just like really basic kind of upgrades, nothing like, you know, the craziness that, um, <laughs> that people do now. Um, and you know, it just seemed like uh, when I first announced it, people were like, well, I mean, somebody has that. Like, that exists. Like, come on. Just nesting? Come on. That's dumb. But they hadn't. Like, it didn't exist. There was nothing like that. And then I remember Wikipedia Mobile. So he was like, there's a mobile version of Wikipedia. It exists. Even in those early days. Somebody's got an app. Let me go look for it. What? And then I was like, well, it doesn't exist. So, you know, I built the first... The way I got the job at the Wikimedia Foundation was I built an app for the foundation... Or, sorry, for Wikipedia. And then their lawyer contacted me and... <laughs> Was telling you to take down the app because it violated trademark, and uh, it was the smartest moment of my life when I went. Uh, are you guys hiring for somebody to build this thing? Um, <laughs> so that's how I got the job was because they kind of tried to sue me. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but then it was you know in MoveWeb it was like I said with Wikipedia building that that mobile version. Uh, I spent so much time dealing with scaling dealing with these technical details and not enough time on the design. So basically, I mean, short form, Wiki, uh, sorry, uh, MoveWeb is a toolkit that would have made my job super, super easy with the foundation. Uh, I could have built it in like two days like and launched it. Um, so it's a toolkit that allows you to like kind of muck with the front end of a website. So you just want to start, imagine like CSS Zen Garden for the entire internet. Um, that's MoveWeb. Um, <laughs> And, That's uh, a pretty good pitch. Maybe that should go on the homepage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, most of the people who buy our product are kind of big enterprise corporations, which is great because we're actually like a company that makes money or like a real company, um, not just like some crazy funded, I don't know, San Francisco insanity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but for them, it's like, oh, hey, Mr. CTO of a Fortune 500 company, CSS Zen Garden. He's like, what? Um, yeah. So <laughs> our pitch is a little work. different. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah, they're like, you say, you like to get in there and be like, we're the Chipotle of websites. <laughs> well, no, I mean, what, what we're doing is, and there's got to hey, be like a woman a with a website? headset on. Like, stock photo. <laughs> we, there, are, there is stock photo. There's definitely stock There photo. is. There's yeah, a woman with hands that she clearly <laughs> makes a living from those hands. Have you seen I, those things? It's the, it's the palm olive hands. Like, yeah, you know, the, really. the, there's like those hands. Yeah. Um, anyhow, uh, no, it's like, Hey, you need a mobile website. And luckily they're primarily like, yes, let me write you a check. Um, so <laughs> cool. That's, that's isn't good. that a great flippant way to, that's uh, good. So yeah. we have a good sense of you now. Just yeah. This is Hamel, all of me is now Wikipedia described. move web. Yeah. Just generally being a famous person. <laughs> yeah. Was, well, so so by the way, my, my day to day job though is like managing our tech, I kind of run our tech group, so operations platform, operating budgets, all the hiring. Boring. Really Next. <laughs> I know. So you're less, so let's you're less at, in the code and stuff and like not on even, a day to day. Yeah, not 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 at this point. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet. Um, I'm going to power well, through let's... some news and links quick uh, just to mention some stuff. Maybe we'll talk about a few of them, but not all of them. There is, um, just because this is the kind of thing that comes up a lot. And as a matter of fact, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about SaaS. Some people are like, ugh, shop talk, the SaaS show it's becoming. And uh, <laughs> this one will be that again, but I promise that it won't be that. Did you guys get my bribe, by the way? Episode. <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate your uh, yeah, sub- yeah, <laughs> your yeah, my sponsorship, hidden my sponsorship. sponsorship. Yeah, totally. 
I'm going to go to Chipotle Sorry. with it today. There's uh, uh, just because CodeKit is like a w- wildly popular pre-processing app on the Mac that has come up a ton of times and works into a lot of workflows. And people are like, what do we use for Windows? And there are some solutions for that. Um, but it just there's a brand new one that came out that's worth checking out just called Prepros. That's like a CodeKit clone, kind of. I mean, it doesn't look exactly the same, but I think the idea of it was the same. Like, try to make a CodeKit-like app for Windows. And the reviews are very good, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes at alphapixels.com slash prepros. Uh, we also have quite a bit of questions about from people that are like, how do I get a job? Or what's the most important thing in my resume? Or, you know, like, what should I learn next kind of stuff? And there was a, a good uh, Mike Montero post on the Pastry Box project that was like, hey – kids read this kind of thing he has that very straightforward style of writing that's worth reading for all you people out there who are kind of looking for a job or about to leave college or whatever this one's worth a read open source work for you that's yeah there you go that's like would that help you because you hire some people sometimes right would that would that be a yeah i mean jobs at moveweb.com uh yeah like open source work though so the difference between interviewing somebody like we get a ton of resumes from just college students and they like took CS 21 did a project. Um, but you know, when I get a GitHub link and they actually have done some patches and some projects, like the interview is so much different. It's actually like the interview generally starts with when can you start? Like it's wow. completely different. That's awesome. That's an endorsement. What? Is, so I was, I, it, I was I mean, telling somebody the other day, it's like, so when you're, especially when hiring developers of any sort, like, you know, it's it's like hiring a painter because it's a very creative job or like an artist. So imagine if you were going to hire somebody to like, you know, paint a painting for you. And they're like, well, you know, I like colors. Uh, I'm really good. And they can't show you anything. They're just talking about it abstractly. And then maybe you have them sketch something on paper. It doesn't mean anything. Like it's totally useless. I can't tell. I mean, I'm guessing if maybe you'll do a good job. But open source works like, hey, look what I made. If you hire me, this is what you'll get. Um, so... Mm-hmm. That's my free endorsement. Yeah, you can't you can't fake a commit, yo. No, real. That's real, man. Project needs a website, so get on it. But um, yeah, Jay Finelli had a follow up one: how to keep your job. I thought that was good on the pastry. (laughs) That's why pastry box project such a cool site. Stuff like that. Tumblr got bought by Yahoo. Blah blah blah. Who cares? Flickr redesigned their site. Looks. What's that? Do you have something on? Oh, I was just the Tumblr and Flickr thing. I mean, I just with like like Facebook releases Facebook Home, it flops apparently, and then like uh, Google I/O just basically just takes the wind out of Apple. It's pretty. They did some pretty epic stuff. Google Glass is like catching on, but it's still really weird. Uh, <laughs> Yahoo's <laughs> in the news again. Like it's just such a. And Apple has WWDC next week. It's like just such a weird time. We yeah. live in. It's very exciting. Why do you care about uh, Tumblr, Hampton? Well, I I just like that Marissa's being really bold. Like, I really like if anybody's going to save Yahoo, it's not because like, oh, we save, you know, cut some people and we save, you know, some money here or make a couple investments in advertising or something. Um, yeah. No, it's like it, it's going to take these big moves. It's either going to succeed or not. We either need to let Yahoo just die, just like have to explode. <laughs> Or just be awesome again. And uh, I, I don't know. I really respect just the... I don't know exactly what we're in the meetings with Tumblr and what the vision was. But, you know, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do with it. And I think Flickr was a really good move on her part. Because if there's one thing that when you think about Yahoo messing up, it is, like, buying Flickr and kind of letting it rot. Like, that's the... Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to talk about why Yahoo isn't going to win, you talk about that. So that her first kind of big thing, she didn't even focus on the Tumblr stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, we bought them. Okay, look what I – we tried to make Flickr better again. We actually care. Um, and I think that was a really good move because that is that haunting, haunting ghost of messing things up. And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited to see. I mean, I'm, she maybe it's terrible. Okay maybe it'll, yeah. It's not terrible. It's awesome. And it's so drastically different. Uh, and props to the whole team that worked on that, because I'm sure there's a ton of great devs and designers who actually did the work, right? So we can we can pat Marissa or whatever on the back, but she, who okayed it and is good that she's doing these bold things. But really, there was like a team of devs and designers who made that. Oh yeah, happen. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, which is awesome. Oh, and that, one, 
really like that people are all, um, I don't know when I, when I looked up just before this, I was like looking up about the Flickr stuff. People are complaining about the change, uh, which is a universal rule of the internet. I saw very few. Yeah. Right. If change, then complain. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, and especially a product that's been the same for 10 years and has that core loyal base that has not left yet. Um, of course they're upset when you change anything, you know, those are your hardcore people. They're, they're the ones uh, who will hate it. Yeah. Uh. I I also think one terabyte is super bold. I mean, yeah, it is. if Dropbox gave me a terabyte, I would like buy you know, just even if as a free user, or do you have to be pro? Uh, I think a pro. I think it's that's got to be a pro feature, right? I mean, but pro is know, what twenty five bucks a year <laughs> yeah. to back up all your wedding I, photos <laughs> like yeah. forever. I mean, geez, nothing. Uh, I have a little bit of. Hot drama. <gasps> the creator of the graphical interchange format recently accepted a Webby, and he reminded the world that it's pronounced GIF, not GIF, by putting a slide up that it said it's pronounced J-I-F, not G-I-F, adding <laughs> clarity to the situation. It's not pronounced how it's spelled. Yeah. Yeah, it's pronounced. Uh, I hate Jif. I won't say Jif. I don't care what he thinks. The funniest tweet I saw yeah. about it was the one where there's like, was the one that was like, it's pronounced Jif, creator of format, and then it's pronounced GIF, inventor of the letter G. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's there's nothing sadder than seeing a creator of a thing just spend all their time on Twitter trying to correct people about how to pronounce and or spell their thing. Yeah. It's sass. Well, sass. that's actually, that came up in the, uh, in the chat room before the show. <laughs> how do you pronounce S C S S just casually? Is it? <laughs> so do you, do you have a preferred pronunciation? Well, it's S C S S, but it's like sass CSS. It's just the extension. It's not itself a language. The language is sass. Okay. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there's definitely like okay. making that transition. Like it, it was a, a little very confusing to the internet, and we kind of very much messed up on that. So now we're paying for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. You're doing just fine. Well, all right. I want to. I want to say that because just because I want some people to do this because it's pretty fun. At CodePen, we're doing the 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 um, the pattern rodeo, which is every week now, and we week two just started. Is uh, uh turn the sound off on this thing? Is, is so there's a challenge every single week. Week week one, we did typeset a poem, and it was super fun. We picked like a, a poem from where the sidewalk ends. That awesome old book of poems mm. and this week we're, we're doing something with canvas which is interesting to me because I, I you know i like understand what canvas is and how it works but like to actually build something with canvas like you have to like sit down i don't know it's like <laughs> it's it's gonna be a fun one for me to work on you know there's loops and you have to like be creative and nerdy at the same time anyway so this week where you can only use the color pink and you have to make something with canvas and i hope that some of you take take the challenge the like you know what what do we call that dave the like the the, the technology of shame or whatever where it's like list of shame level up challenge a level up challenge use the code pen as your level up challenge to build something with with canvas and if you know you know the you you vote by harding and the and the top two people win there's no there's no big prizes or anything but it's mostly just kind of for fun and stuff anyways let's get into the q a shall we gentlemen yeah uh first question comes from brock nunn Brock wrote in and said, just a quick question for today. Do we live in a world where both less and SAS will continue to coexist? Right now I use less for just about each project that I start, mostly due to the ease of winless, less compiling program for the PC on the PC. So he's using kind of the, uh, it's a easier way to compile. He feels less is on the PC. So I, am I safe to stick with less or... Do I need to make the command line leap over to SAS before it's too late? Emphasis added. I mean, it might. I like the well, first question. question. Like <laughs> <laughs> Hampton. <laughs> Will, no, I Will. You guys' opinion first. Let's just do oh. the first one. Do, do we live in a world where 
less incest will continue to coexist? Probably yes, right? Like yes. I can't yes. I can't imagine. So yeah. I have opinions on this. I will share them now. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like yes, uh yes they will both exist, but I'm noticing more and more that all examples I see up on like slides and PowerPoints are SAS and people are kind of referring to it as CSS kind of interchangeably. So I feel like in in the mental battleground sort of situation, uh, there will be a dominant one for sure. But that doesn't mean less is stripped of value, in my opinion. I think it's still good, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my opinion, man. So then my completely unbiased opinion. I mean, yeah, definitely though, less will keep existing. There's no question on that. Um, I think, you know, less existing at all is a <clears throat> one of the great kind of mistakes that I've ever made, to be honest. Because <laughs> um, SAS is, is quite a bit older than less. Um, and uh, SAS is a very robust language. Like, yeah, I think it's coming up on the seventh birthday in November. So you should have a birthday party. Um, actually, I am going to host a birthday party. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's been around a long time. Like, the Nathan Weizenbaum has just been an incredible maintainer and adding new features and polishing things and long debates on, you know, just the smallest decisions and what they mean for the language. Um, and less kind of came around. Initially, it was written in Ruby, um, much like SAS. And it was a, just the idea was, hey, it should look more like CSS because at the time, the only syntax for SAS was the indented one. Um, and, you know, they're like, hey, it should look more like CSS. And then it didn't really take off. And then he ported it to JavaScript which was just brilliant, just brilliant. Um, because it is a simpler, like it has less edge cases that it handles and stuff. So it was a simpler port to make. And so, you know, Node was just taking off then. So hitched itself to the right bandwagon and just whoop bam, all of a sudden just, you know, went to all sorts of other web communities that weren't just the Ruby community. Um, so, you know, that was definitely like the change to, to add it so that SAS was CSS compatible was I mean, it was a good number of hours, but overall, the length of the project, it was very short. The core stuff is all there. The language, how it works, the decisions, the, you know, it's all there. It's, you know, adding curly brackets and changing a couple things. It, it wasn't very hard. And we kind of made a tactical decision by doing that way too late. And uh, also, you know, still being in Ruby, you still need to use Ruby to use the primary engine. But um, one of the things that at MoveWeb we've been working on is we actually have our uh, sponsoring a project that I'm running called LibSAS that is a C uh, port of SAS. Um, it's about a year and a half of development at this point. And so people in Node are starting to use it. There's like a Node SAS library that you can install or NPM. Mm -hmm. And uh, funny that that's the, where it's taking off is where there's only been less. Um, but it's like the idea was, hey, if they've got JavaScript, that's fine. But, you know, what about Visual Studio? Why can't we just be embedded in that? If we If we make it so it's portable C code, which is the craziest idea in history <laughs> to rebuild something with that many years of work. Um, but we kind of pulled it off. I mean, it works. Like it's about SAS 3.2 compatible. Uh, the move web framework has it built in. Uh, I know that some people are working on kind of embedding it into WebKit. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a good idea, but you can, you can drop it in like just C code that'll compile anywhere. Um, so anyhow, so less will continue to exist. Hopefully we're uh, definitely, I've noticed too that, um, I would say mostly due to uh, our lovely Chris Coyer here with his article, SAS vs. Less. Uh, it's like the top-ranked thing when you look up SAS. And uh, luckily, his conclusion was primarily finding for SAS. So uh, I think that kind of... Yeah, and there's skin, a lot so. of stuff where it lands the other way that would be fairly trivial to fix and is in the works and stuff, like the quality of the website and stuff, which is... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> ...works for a long time, but... Uh, I, I spent last week yeah, working on it, once in a while... So. Did you really? Oh, good I, for you. I can't wait to see it. Uh, there. Uh, gosh, what was I going to say? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard. I've had for, heard from some less people that aren't happy about the article primarily, and then I was like, oh, you know what? That's awesome. I want to keep this thing super unbiased and up to date and accurate. And and so I'm like, so what's changed? Is there some, like a section you could rewrite it? And they're like, no. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> 
Okay. And it was one. Uh-huh. It was the last thing, and it was about I, I have some like generic data about commits and activity on the project, just as a general measure of the popularity yeah. of the project. Which, since I wrote it, has changed. So I did update those things in kind of a time relative manner, which I'm happy to do. Although I don't think you should make too big of decisions based on stuff like that. Uh, and you know, Chris Epstein is on this project kind of full time now he's at linkedin and they give yeah. him a whole bunch of time to to be dedicating to this so i can't wait to see the fruits of that that's going to be pretty soon which we talked about on this show as i was like yeah. dude i you know this is when he wasn't doing that and i just thought it's it's about time there's some kind of corporate underwriter for a project of this size and now there is so congrats to him and good on linkedin for doing that well i, I will add so google uh nathan weisman works for google and they he spends i think his entire 20% time, they're fine with him working on SaaS. Oh, nice. Uh, Chris Epstein's full-time at LinkedIn just now. And then MoveWeb, we spend, we have some use half-time on SaaS, um, Aaron Lung. So nice. Uh, there's, there are actually okay. three That's a good, corporate sponsors. That's a complete, complete answer that uh, do spend some actual paid money time on this project. Who? Rebecca Whoa. Sprague. Yeah, are yeah. you good, or do you have? Yeah, something head to say? into that. Go there. I That's recently I got. I recently got a copy of Ri- Live Reload for its SAS and less cap- capabilities. I noticed that it compiles other things as well, such as Hamel. I've never heard of Hamel or Jade. What are your thoughts on these? Do you think they will continue to gain in popularity, or are they on the way down? I have heard Ooh. you. Or have you used them? How do you keep up with new stuff like that? Yada yada yada. So. Um, I don't know. Where should we take this first? Are, are, are HTML preprocessors on the way down or up? And I can start by saying that, like, I'm aware of them. I think they're pretty cool. I when I use when I write th- things in CodePen, I'll often just kind of pick one because they're usually I don't know. It's fun, kind of, for one thing, and they do have their 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 uses. You know, the, Jade can do things like in include, which is pretty cool it, natively in Jade. Whereas I don't, Hamel can't do that, but it can because usually you're using it in a Ruby environment, which can do that. Uh, and you can write like a loop in Hamel, which you can, obviously you can't do in in, a, in regular HTML. So they have little minor uses. Whether I, I I can say that I've never on a very major project used an HTML preprocessor. So I, to me, they're they're much less popular in general than CSS preprocessors. But I'm not sure that they're on their way down community wide. Uh, for me, it's they are very. Um, I when I first saw Hamel, and sorry Hampton, but I was just like, that's very interesting. I will never use that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just told you my opinion. I'm that guy anyway. But uh, but over the years now, I mean, you're talking eight years or whatever. Like over the years, it's like every time I see it, I'm like, gosh, that that looks a little more convenient, doesn't it? That would be pretty pretty darn useful, wouldn't it? And so I just kind of like keep, I I'm like, I should just make the switch. It's like that, you know, when you're like denying you, like when you first got into, I don't, I don't know, SAS or something. That's the only other one I can compare to, but you're just like, Oh, it looks really helpful, but I'm not going to do it. Oh, that's too difficult or something. And you you just have all these BS arguments. That's where that's the current stage I am in adoption. Hampton, have have you used Hamel? Do you? Uh, <laughs> I have. Do you think it's gaining, or maybe you have stats? Is it gaining in popularity, or is it on on its way down? Uh, I mean, total numbers, it's gaining. It's definitely so in the Ruby community. It's pretty dominant at this point. I think it's. I mean, probably over fifty percent of projects, especially when you look at long term projects, not just I generated something on my weekend, but like big mm-hmm. team projects. Um, so I think that's true. Uh, it's mostly, at least I can just speak for Hamel. Uh, <clears throat> it was, it's a pro tool. Like it's meant for when there's a team and you want to make sure you have really clean structure and everybody's just kind of, I don't know, really piling in on making sure it's perfect. And I think that's what it's for. Um, I always compare it to like, you know, it, like, well, Blockbuster, but also airlines now, like when they're it's premium HTML, <laughs> well, like when, when that, when, when they're typing into the ticket machine, and they're just like, right? And it's like, you're like, whoa, what are you doing? Um, and, you know, really, they're, like, searching through thousands of records and doing all these complicated codes. And, um, you know, it's like an expert system. It's, like, built for that. So Hamel is always meant to be, like, 
you know, if you're really trying to build the most semantic markup ever and make sure it's perfect for a large team to work together and very clearly understand the layout of that page, that's what Hamel's for. Um, whether it's going up or down, uh, I mean, it hasn't taken off in other languages. I mean, PHP Hamel's pretty popular. Um, but I don't know. Look, I don't think we're going to... It was never meant to replace HTML. It's not like a... Like, SAS, I think, there's a, there's no reason not like, to not use it. You can just just drop it in and you're going. Like, you don't have to convince your whole team. Mm-hmm. Hamel's definitely a bigger mental jump. Um, you Like, when you first look at it, if you're not familiar, it looks like crazy town. Um, then if your brain learns to work on a team with it, you see somebody added a class to something, it, like, you you interpret it really quickly. And that's actually one of the points. You're supposed to kind of be able to look along the edge of the classes and understand what's there. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. it'll continue to be used in, in a lot of professional environments. Um, and I think it's fun. And so what about the Jade thing? Are you aware of Jade? So I, honestly, I Jade is probably, I, I hear about it more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's Jade. I think slim, you don't know slim it? is another one. I, I haven't really gotten to look into them too much, but I'm really glad to see there's more. I don't, I actually thought that when I first presented Hamel, that yeah. people are going to be like, Oh, that's crap. Here's a better one. And it's actually taken a lot longer than I thought before, like really good competitors have come out, but I'm glad they are. I, I can't wait to check them out. I haven't really got a chance though. Jade is like the is sort of from the same people as Stylus, I think, I, or or maybe it's maybe it's the other one with Slim. And there's some kind of connection with being having similar creators or whatever, much like Hamel and Sass. Um, I would, you know, just to be fair, I I think both Slim and Jade kind of look a little nicer than Hamel, although it's they just have different. They're just a little different, whatever, yeah, slightly different capabilities and such. I don't know. It's a it's a it's impossible question for me to answer. Like, what's the perfect project for these things? Because honestly, I've never used it on a large scale project. So, it's good to be aware of, though, Rebecca. Don't if you if you are interested in one, certainly pick it up and use it. You you won't be made fun of for it. They're not they're not on their way out yeah. that bad no. yet. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Let me do a sponsor here. Squarespace. Uh, go to go to squarespace.com slash shop talk and that will kind of register that that you came from here which makes us be able to have a podcast which is super cool uh beautiful templates they have a bunch of new templates that are worth checking out that they're they're just so nice you go to and be like this is a really nice website you get that good designer feel to them one of them that you should check out is momentum momentum demo uh, momentum-demo.squarespace.com you know their builder is all on the web too so you build the websites from websites I mean, like drag and drop modules around what you end up building ends up being a responsive design so it works on all kinds of different devices they have e-commerce built in now which is great if you want to kind of totally wrestle control of these things and, and move it beyond the drag and drop stuff to like I want to customize the crap out of this website go to developers.squarespace.com uh, and you can you know you can you, for free so you can just mess around with this site you you pull it down as a git repo and change stuff and play around with it and uh, uh, and push it up for you back through FTP and and check out what you did and then if you want to make it live at that point then you start paying Squarespace and use coupon code Squarespace4 to do that and then if you kind of you know get deploy it back up it will go live. So their developer platform is pretty powerful. They have their own little syntax. So you kind of describe pages with uh, JSON and such. And then every single page has this like pretty print JSON background. So you can kind of like any page you're looking at, go to the JSON that powers that page and kind of just see all the data that you have available to you. And then they have a syntax to use that data in any way that you want. So uh, definitely worth checking out. We have another question here from Christina Toth, what do you think is the best best approach for coding, designing responsive modals or light boxes? I personally think that it, that it is completely unnecessary to use them at all. But I am blessed with many headstrong clients. I think maybe using modals on desktop and static content mobile would be a solution. But what's the best way of achieving that? Uh, you know, so what's what's up with people's modal obsession? Christina doesn't think we you ever need a modal box. Uh oh, this is starting to get a whiff of some hot drama here. <laughs> do you need it or not? Hampton, do you do responsive stuff or you got, I'm sure you have opinions. I mean, well, Facebook is a good example. Facebook mobile. Yeah. Like, did you do modals on that? Like crazy? <laughs> uh, Chris has heard my opinions, <laughs> my drunken opinions on responsive. Yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
it's I will just anger a lot of the audience. No, I just look whenever I hear people saying this is the way you do things, it's right. I found the silver bullet for multiple device, multiple <laughs> locations, and it's perfect. Um, yeah, I, it's never the truth. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical only on the skill level required and maintainability. Like, I just hear a lot of people be like, "Yeah, so we started with that." Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. So that's my personal thing, but I know that I'll try to get people come and tar and feather me. So, yeah, we'll just send them to your house. We'll post post your address in the show notes. <laughs> well, it's just it's funny. So, like a year ago at the conferences, I feel like every talk was oh, responsive, is perfect. And then this year, I'm like at the conferences, I'm hearing a lot of people kind of grumbling off to the side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a cool technique. Sorry, you should always like you know. Design for, you know, how the, like, optimal layout. Like, that's cool. It's just, like, does it solve the entire internet and every phone and every device will ever be invented? Like, not really. It doesn't work on TVs. TVs need all this weird JavaScript stuff if you want to do that. Um, Google Glass, I don't know what the heck we're going to do with those. Um, You know, like, it's just, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing to me, so. I have no opinion on modals, though. I don't know. (laughs) That's why. So the reason a modal might come up is because you need to really strongly, I don't know, call out to a user that that something is happening. Uh, we use them occasionally in CodePen. For example, you're going to delete a pen and you you go to you know delete this pen and it doesn't just immediately do it because we want to make damn sure that you want to do that before we destroy your data. So we might have a modal box that comes up that just is like an are you sure kind of thing with some strong red branding to make sure that... I mean, I like the... I've you se- would do that, and I don't... I don't I've seen the delete yeah. thing where, like, the delete button will, like, spin out and kind of make, like, a, you have to click next to it with a yes. Um, mm, I think there's some sure. cool, subtle things you can do. I mean, I think it's an interesting design goal, like, if you take those situations and have to come up with something interesting. But that's just because I like constraints when I'm designing stuff and strong opinions. So, um, mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I get that too. That's clever. I mean, I'm sure if we looked at every situation a modal that you could ever have, that we could find some other design decision to do it. But then, would it be an exercise in just like fun constraint? Let's nerd out about design for a minute. Yes. Or you know, I don't know. It, it just seems. Yeah, it would be right. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be necessarily towards a better product necessarily. Uh, I don't know. It, it, like what? Like a modal box, it can it, you can say max with 500 pixels. So on desktop, it will be a 500 pixels square somewhere. But but when it gets narrow than that, well, it's only the max width, so it'll squish down if you need it to be. I feel like that's a fine solution for mobile, mm-hmm. or, or, or or you know something like 80 percent or something, so that there's always kind of space on the edge. But it's still, you know, like there's ways to make a modal fine you know uh, another situation is pro- if if it's if they're like boolean type of modals like just using whatever is like what there's some kind of native javascript thing that's just like say yes or say no right um you know what i'm talking about not yeah. alert but the other confirm. the other one confirm confirm sure and if you use those native ones on a, that whatever mobile platform you're on they'll look really familiar and style to that mobile wait right? do you mm-hmm. think she's Which is, talking about fine too do you think she's talking about, like, I've definitely seen in terrible designs, like, a lot of the tablet stuff people are trying to do, like, I don't know, where you're just like, oh, do anything, break all the rules, you, like, hover over an image, and you click on it, like, maybe product information, like, kind of, like, floats over, maybe that's what, because that's, that's a interesting <laughs> Maybe, choice. I'm sure what she has in mind is something that sucks. Yeah, I know? mean, it's yeah. like, I don't think a <laughs> yes-no delete confirmation is maybe the, because, yeah, I've seen that on websites, and I'm like, no, go away, like, uh you doing yeah give me a page i I, my rule of thumb is like inline whatever you can and then i really like brad frost's idea of a conditional light box or and it would work for modals too but it's just like under a certain width like the light box is clumsy or the modal is clumsy and unuseful so don't do it under a certain width and uh there's a a pop-up or a plugin called magnific pop-up i think you can look for it i'll we'll try to put a link in the show notes but you can uh basically just um it, it's automates like a responsive light box or whatever a conditional light box that only shows up at whatever condition you supply like you could say if it 
you, you don't want to do this, but you could say if it supports touch, I don't want to do a light box or if it, uh, I don't know, is user agent IE, I don't want to do a light box. So it's kind of cool in that way. You can kind of BYO condition, if you will. Well, I, as I think about it, those photo gallery light boxes that a lot of websites have, I do hate those. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're just like, like they're oh. rough. Yeah. Especially on a phone, like, cause on a phone, ideally you're just going to the photo cause I can hit the back button. But if you've done some infinite scroll kind of crap, like Tumblr back, back to Tumblr, uh, then like you go to a photo and you hit back and then you're like back at the top of the queue. Surprise. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> Basically. I hate you user. Take that. Yeah. That's like what I did. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, I got to do one more sponsor because the the time flew by us a little bit. Environments for Humans, uh, you all know them just because they've sponsored like almost every single show from the beginning. They're awesome. Their fifth annual CSS Summit is coming up at CSSSummit.com. It's an online conference. You can attend it from anywhere in the world, even as a company. You can all view it if you want to. Uh, it's pretty fun. You just like kind of open a browser window and you're like looking at the the presenter who is also looking at a browser window somewhere else in the world. There's a little chat room with it so you can talk to the other people and ask questions and such. They do questions uh, for all the presentations at these things. So if you have something to ask, your chance of it getting answered is a lot higher. Use coupon code SHOPTALK for 20% off of doing that. It's a three-day thing. So the first day is on CSS3 stuff. The second day is on workflow. And the last day... Ta-da! Is oh, you need something here? <laughs> on a SAS on Compass. Here, I, I got know. it. Here Just, we I go. Oh, shoot. Here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The third day of the CSS Summit is all about SAS and Compass. So uh, that's some proof that, that these things are on the way up. So that's pretty cool. This is July 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Check it out at CSS or CSSSummit.com. No dash. I'm used to saying dash after CSS because of a little website that I run. You're involved. Anyway. You're a founder. Pierre Limon asks, great show. I come across this tool yesterday that allows users to query a large amount of client data server side. Everything about the OS, the browser, the hardware environment, etc. Uh, that you can access then on the server side. So this is Dan Molson's detector mm-hmm. he calls it i think it's a php based thing and essentially makes like modernizer like data available on the server side like is the device you're on retina or not and and that type of stuff but you can have the answer to that question on the server side uh, so what what do we think about stuff like that i you know what do you think about that hampton do you do you make i don't know like i feel like you're uniquely in this space yeah i really am <laughs> um <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, we, I, I think that stuff is very cool. I want to look into this. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely tend towards server side based things myself, probably just cause my experience and also like optimizing for mobile. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, sounds pretty cool. The retina stuff. I, I do. I, I know that it's not very popular to say this, but for the most part, I use user agents for things. I feel like they get me 99% of the way there. Um, there is the last 1% though. That's really cool and handy to have. So, I like stuff like this. I think the detector is if I'm pretty sure I have this right. Um, yeah, it is. It's so it runs some JavaScript stuff once, right? Literally modernizer, I think, and just asks about you know window dot width, window dot height, figures out. Um, retina kind of information and then just saves it all on a cookie and because cookies are passed in the headers of requests um, all that data is in that cookie and your server can read the cookie and make choices based on that like why that's pretty cool isn't that better than a UA string yeah it is I feel like I'm going to steal that idea thanks (laughs) welcome that's a really cool idea recently too because I do I think it's smart yeah the problem is you know is that how much data is in that cookie? Is it adding weight in a weird place to the page? Uh, how long do you save that cookie? Like, is it possible to get bogus data in the cookie? How do you deal with people who explicitly don't allow cookies? I mean, there's certainly, but you know, it's the web, so you have to think about stuff. It turns out, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean. Though there's, there, it's, there's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a auto win. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This detector, it ends up doing, like, m- what you're saying. It, like, basically runs Modernizer. And then it also has 4,500 user agents it tests against. And uh, it's just interesting. It just kind of returns what it supports, you know? Like, does it support? Yeah. Maybe we'll get Dan on the show. He's a smart dude. Yeah. Give us the pitch. Give us the the 411. You should steal it. Hey, Hampton, let us know if you if you, if you you steal it. I think that would be clever. Because you work on big, fancy Fortune 500 companies, you know? Like, what what the big companies choose to do is always fascinating to me. You know, it just it lends more cred to the choices than what my dumb blog uses, you know? Mm, I don't know. I don't. That, that's not as clear as you think. <laughs> On your website, you have a white paper about why responsive design isn't good enough. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, I know. Right, we're, we're bringing it. Well, Whoa. it's really it's like Whoa, the buddy. it's it's like I, I guess really with REST. I don't know if you like the responsive with server side components or adaptive mm-hmm. web. Like it's just the idea yeah. that it, it's stuff like like browsers like HTML and it, to send them better HTML just doesn't stress the browser out as much. And it's also a little more straightforward. Um, I myself have trouble hand coding a responsive site. It just takes like way more time. And so, I mean, that's the idea. It's like, Hey, if I can move one HTML element, that would just make this job a thousand times easier or something like, like that, that comes up a lot when I'm, when I've tried to do like a fully responsive site. Um, because you really got to start like your UX team has to know like browser, you know, how like flows work and everything to your implementation team and your HTML. Like everybody's got to be on the same page or like a really well executed plan, like, which is great. But sometimes that's a little onerous, especially for like companies that don't have a team of two really brilliant developers. Um, so that's Word. it. Yeah. No, I mean, cause then you're just like, get me this by this and I'll put it on this so yeah it's not yeah it's, i mean it's trying to be a little salacious but it's not, it's not like a crazy opinion it's just like oh hey sometimes responsive can be a little hard um and if you can right. do it do it mm-hmm. i would get it but i have to give you my email address <laughs> you really do have a white paper <laughs> I, on yours. i told you we have this big customers. corporate action yeah you do you have man i have Walton. learned i have learned papers. so much by <laughs> having to work in that kind of, i mean that's not like the world i come from and uh it's just i, I really like being challenged and having yeah. to learn like whole new things in my life i know so definitely stuff like helping on a white paper yes where you need to put in your email address beforehand uh like it's it's a whole new world to me uh, but it's actually been really interesting um, yeah i'm sure it's interesting when we like went to incorporate our business, we met this banker dude, and he had two name tags. He had his name on there with – his name was like Chris or something, even though it wasn't. I, it was a name where you can shorten it. So it was Christopher or Chris, and he had two different name tags. And it, at different events, he had to go, and he had to wear the Christopher one at like really official events because if he just wore the Chris one, he would like look like a rube, you know, like, oh, you shorten your first name. <laughs> You know, it's just a, it's a moment like this. Like, you don't have a white paper? Next. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, well, no, you world. know what the breakthrough was for me? I was trying to, because, like, I run our operations team. So, like, can we run a lot of traffic, like, a ton? Um, so, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of servers. And, uh, like, I was having to kind of, like, look for companies to work with. You know, I'm like, hey, I need help with this, whatever. And I get, like, tons of emails from these people. And, like, how useful a white paper was to me buying blew my mind like i was making fun of it at our company and then somebody like another company had one i read and i was like oh thank you for giving me all the information i needed right there that was a great primer <laughs> and then a little part good. of me died inside when i was like oh that's why they do that <laughs> you realize that white papers are useful and i was like maybe i'll write a request <laughs> for <laughs> rfp or whatever um Request like, price. I'm, oh. I'm enterprise now. Uh, <laughs> save me. Uh, I think we had a we were talking to an insurance guy and he like went to our website and he's like, "You guys did Microsoft, huh? Didn't expect that." Uh, but anyway, that's how that happens. Um, well, uh, Chris, do we want to do one more? Or do you got time, Hampton, for one more question? Yeah, or should we wrap this up, Chris? Um, I'm trying to pick one that, that, um, would be interesting to do here from these last three. 
You know and don't what? worry, folks, if you're one of the – what's that? Hey, let's let's push these over. Let's push them over to maybe a, a rapid fire or something. Yeah. We're okay. good. We're good. Um, well, yeah, we'll just kind of uh, wrap this up here. And um, Hampton, thanks so much for coming on the show. How can people follow you, get in touch with you, give you money, download your things? How does that work? Uh, follow me on Twitter, hcatlin, H-C-A-T-L-I-N, or HamptonCatlin.com. Or obviously jobs at moveweb.com if you want to work with the uh, tornado of awesome that is me. Hey yo. <laughs> yeah, which you do, certainly. Hey yo. You're not gonna regret that no. choice. What would you do if you worked for you? What would the job be like? I did before this. And I just sat around building websites I thought were funny and interesting. That's it. Done. Yeah. No, but what would what what are the jobs like that are at MoveWeb right now? Just oh, front end engineers. So it's like because it's actually so a lot of our people they're helping these companies build the sites, and we kind of work external from these big companies. So the job is, hey, you have two weeks. Here's this major corporation site. You're redesigning the whole thing and getting it launched in two weeks. Um, so it's actually pretty oh, like. Wow. Yeah, it's like we get a lot of kind of junior people who are just out of school and like three weeks after starting their job, they're like, okay, I launched, like my mom uses this website. Um, it's cool it. though because it's client work, but it's client work in which that you use a tool that this company that you work for also yes. built. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of people. I mean, definitely like cool front-end people. Yeah, that's the main thing we're looking for. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again so much for coming on the show. And thanks, everyone, in the chat room for coming out. You guys always give us really, really interesting facts. I was going to mention uh, we've been kind of expanding the team here at the Shop Talk Show. So I want to say thanks to our audio engineer, Aaron. You forgot to put the file in the Dropbox Dowd, our gigabit <laughs> internet operator, huge internet, our international just married ad coordinator, May Kami Ritchie. <laughs> think about that one uh, our database admin read write and our coffee order transcription company javascript thank you so much for making this show happen chris that was really weird <laughs> shopdogshow.com oh there we go